what up, what up, bro, agenda? We're going live on Facebook at the same time we're doing this segment. And this segment is going to be on record keeping. I know some of you guys keep pretty good records. But it's very important that you guys learn to do and keep records on everything. Um, when birds develop, when you put them down, as far as when they lay, when they hatch. When they start flying, see, people understand why how important when they start flying is. Because a bird may be five months old, but you might only be flying two months. So, when they start flying, you don't write the dates down. And if you don't write the date, just write at least the month. The month and year. 10, 10, 10 2020. So, you'll start flying October 2020. And it hatched August. You know what I'm saying? August something 2020. So, you can give you an idea how when the birds actually develop. Not the age they're only for, but the fly time. Most guys always record the age or speak on the age their birth, their birth developed, but not actual actual fly time. You know what I'm saying? I'm choosing to go live late. <clears throat> I don't need a lot of comments right now. I want people to be able to look, go back and, and just listen and look. But I'll get it in a minute. Just see what I do. But you guys want to do this because we want to know when the bird starts flying, how long it takes to develop when it's flying. If you can't write how how much you fly, um, two or three times a week, twice a day. You know what I'm saying you want to write all that down when they start developing at the rate they develop. This date there was this this at this date there was ten feet. At the at this next date there was twenty feet. And the moat the moat hit. How do you respond in the moat? So you're not gonna everybody don't remember this kind of stuff. So you wanna write it down. Just write notes down on breathing records. They started flying this kid, man blam at this time, at this time of the year. They started moting at this time of the year. They continued to roll while they were um, in the moat. If they got dangerous while they were in the moat, or if they um, didn't roll correctly when they were in the moat, shorten up. You gotta write all that down. Try to do it every pair. It gives you a better understanding of reverse what to expect at certain times of the year. Then you write down as they go through the moat. When they come out the moat hard, do they go? Do they get better? They get worse? They stiffen up? One of the misconceptions about most families is that is when they mature that they get better. I'm sorry to tell you guys, that's not how it works all the time. Not with every family. If you notice, pay attention. So I pay attention to a lot of stuff people say and what they do. If somebody starts over every year, and you know they had two or three kids at the end of the year, there's something to that. Either they're selling the birds or the bird is not as active or dependable 
and they become holdovers. Which lets you know there that if, if the competition gets thick, they're going to depend on young birds every time. When somebody gets a, a seasoned veteran kid, they locate always, most of the time, always wins. And the person who have kids like that always do well. Not always, most of the time. All the main flyers that they have scored over the years and, and, and always competitive, I guarantee they're not flying on, on young birds. Well, it might be young birds in the kit, but they ain't no young kids. The majority of the basic kids are always older birds. I don't like to compete myself with, um, with young birds. Yeah, I tell everybody that. I think everybody pretty much know that. Because young birds are not dependable. The reason why? <clears throat> because they haven't came into their own yet. So, who they are as a mature bird is not who they are as a young bird. Most young birds are always active. So, you can write down, at this age, three to five months, very active. Six to nine months, they still up a little bit. Or whatever it may be, you got to keep those records. You got to write that down. On, all your, on every breeding card, about every pair. So then you're going to start noticing when you start keeping your notes that certain colors or certain patterns are different. The end result might be close to the same, but the, the development process might be a little bit different. And you want to take make those notes. You're going to notice that you're going to come across what I call what is called sex-linked matings. This when the sex of the bird determines what color it's going to be or vice versa. Or the color of the bird determines what sex it's going to be. So, <clears throat> if you have ash red check or red check in, blue check cock, right? Most of the time, it's going to be sexually made. Which means that that pair, every time they give you a um, a red check, ash red, it's gonna be a cock. And all blue checks will be hens. And then you get birds like recessive when they come throw them, they'll probably come both sexes. I noticed that's this thing about, oh man, so many pairs. <clears throat> I thought it was coincidence at first that y'all start noticing in other pairs. They also refer to um, red bars too. Red bar hen, um, blue check cock, all the ash red, red bar birds gonna be cocks. All the blue checks, I'm not, and maybe blue bars will probably be hens. And I learned something else too that um, hens can carry more than one pattern of color. Black white flight hen with blue check cock, they throw black white flight hens and cocks. Blue check hen and cocks and blue bars. The cock has no bar in his background, none. But the hen's mother is a bar, so I think the bars got to be. I say it got to be doubled, I think. The 
or I'm not a genetic person, but I'm getting blue bars. We got one red bar off that pen. Bitch, I don't know. But they're an individual. Somebody came out, picked the lock, went there, hit it, came back out. Yeah, okay. So, take notes, fellas. Take notes on everything. <clears throat> because your memory, you can break so many versions of it. What was that bird off of? I make the birds. If people gonna call you about birds that you ain't seen in five, six years. And you go to your record and say, oh, oh, I lost that one. When you lose them, try to write down. If you remember, you can write down you lost that bird. Write the date. What happened? I lost or bird of prey. I write down. Either Falcon got it, Cooper got it, or I lost it. So if I write down I lost it, somebody call me for a pedigree. My notes right there say I lost it. So he can't get a pedigree. No, for what? Not for me. I'm saying so. What's up, Jose? I see you, G Wheel. You write that stuff down, fellas. I mean. It happened to me. I had I, I, I sold a bird, and I put, I was putting out who I sell a bird to. So I sold a bird to one guy. The guy got the bird, gave the bird to somebody else. The bird rolled down, and and not the guy who bought it, but the other who tried to come back to me and say I sold him the bird. I said, no, I didn't. Why you say that? Let me show you something. I got my record book. Sold to this person. See what I'm saying? You look stupid. I don't know you nothing. You didn't buy that bird from me. But all that, that you won't keep that's just some, some examples of record keeping. You gotta write down when you really trying to be serious, you gonna write down when birds develop. The average amount of time the bird roll every baby. When you see them rolling, watch the kid, you're gonna write down stuff like, okay, this bird, got these birds spun, get out of the time I bring a card, I write down. Repeat, mate, repeat, or I'll leave it blank. If it's a blank, that means I'm most likely not gonna repeat the mate. At the bottom, I'm gonna put, at the bottom, I'm gonna put, do not repeat, and I'm gonna put the reason why. Too many percentage of birds that was unstable. Too many birds lost too many birds just by losing them. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff you got right there. Keep, repeat. When you're repeating a bird, you ain't gotta put down why you're repeating because next to every baby, it's gonna have good comments, good comments, good comments. You know what I'm saying? So, and I got a, a, a five star system, and the bird gotta fly two years to get five stars. They, they can only get three the first year. That's, they can only get three. They can't get four. They can't get five the first year. Because part of them being getting the five stars is being able to fly one season, lock up, and come out to either continue where they were or get better. That's part of it. If a bird come out, it never bumped the first season. The sec- second season, if it come out bumping the first few days, could have been locked up. And then it straightened out. 
it can never get five stars. It can only get four. It can never be a five-star pigeon. Would I breed out of a four-star pigeon? Yeah. It depends on what the reason why I didn't get the fifth star. I would breed out three-star pigeons. If there was three stars going in and they just maintain what they already had the next year. I'm going to keep my records. My records going to tell me that. You know what I'm saying? So, keep records, fellas. Record is really, really, really important. And if we start keeping records now, then when people, you, you, you got the records. See, now you got the records. You got all these notes and all this stuff that happened with the bird. So now, when somebody buy a pedigree from me, you put them notes on the pedigree. So people know what they're getting. People think sometimes that stops the sale, but sometimes the same people say, okay, I can deal with that. And they want the bird anyway. Now, 90% of us don't want no roll downs. We don't want to be breed on roll downs. But there are some people that do. For real, real talk. Some people think that's the only way to get deep birds. Some people really, really think that. I used to be there when I was younger, 1920. I didn't have people when I was that age teaching. Everybody knew back then, when I was in high school, it was mostly all backyard dudes. Even the older dudes. There wasn't no dudes flying in clubs and stuff like that when I was a kid. I can't think of the first person I started that was in a, was in a club that really flew competition. I think it was Sam Gutierrez. And I was like, and I was... I was like 1982. No, I was in high school. So when they two, it had to be like 81 or 80. And then next, I met Ray Vaughn in 88. And that's when I started learning about the clubs and the competition. But when nobody's showing us nothing like that, and you guys now, you guys, you guys got people that's trying to teach you guys stuff. We didn't, we didn't have that. Most of our birds came from strays in the pet shop. Your homies don't hit a cage, and you can, you can, you know, make deals. Three ten for one, five for one, whatever it may be. But you guys, right now, the hobby right now is in a way better position right now. Way better. It's more knowledgeable people, and there are some people that are not knowledgeable, but they try to pretend like they're knowledgeable. A lot of those out there, and some of the mainstream right now that you guys know. Your notes, man. You watch your pedigree. Don't be scared to put down the truth on the pedigree. Let's put down. Why are you getting this bird? Because my, I put this bird to these birds. This happens. Or, or to, to give it on this bird is not what I call a, um, a foundation type pigeon. It's more like a pigeon. It's like a, a what you call supporting cast. You know, he just he's supporting. He support these birds. But I got enough, I got enough that I need from him. I don't need him. It's not that he's not good. It's just I don't need him to go further. You get me? Um, I'm a different kind of breeder. I'm realistic. Um, I'm shooting for, I'll shoot for the moon. You know, I'm always shooting for the moon. That's why I want to shoot. Let me get to the moon first. Get the moon first, then I'll shoot for the straps. You know, go further than that, you know, beyond. But, But right now I'm going for the moon. 
tell dudes, y'all do, y'all problem is y'all aim to the top of the steps all the time. And you guys never get past the second step. Every now and then you gotta aim for the roof. Maybe you get to the top of the steps. That's what you gotta do though. But you ain't gotta talk to yourself there. You gotta get in the backyard and you don't go off and do the work. You gotta go through them birds, get them birds. My buddy tell you, I go in the loft and I stare at the birds for at least 35 minutes just looking at my hand. I'm looking at every bird, seeing all this traits, what he do, what, what he did, what he produced. Looking at every bird. And I get down to the weakest link. I said, damn, do I really need this bird still? But I know I can take that weak link and put it on this bird. Okay, I know I got the records to say, okay, I bred this bird this year. Okay, they gave me this, this, this. He can give me some good birds, but he ain't give me no next level kind of pigeons. It's all written down right there. In my records. Marvin Moco. Uh, what's that brand? I see y'all. What up, what up, gentlemen? What up, what up? But I, but I, I always do that though. I was, and, I, and, and, and I'm always looking for advancement. But the problem these dudes is why you get stuck? Let me tell you why most dudes get stuck. First of all, I think they got the, the, the got, got it already. When dudes start thinking that and they not winning, they stuck. How can you think you got already, but you can't consistently compete at a high level? I mean, for real. I mean, for real, for real. Think about that. You got it already. You can't consistently compete at a high level. And when it comes to competition, you're not even in the ballpark of being a champion. This is not to put people down. It's just to wake people up. Dude, you're scoring 100 points, 110 points, 150 tops. The champions are scoring 8 and 9. I mean, you feel me? When dudes win these five, they're scoring anywhere between 6 and up. There's a whole lot of dudes at that 100 all the way down. But these dudes won't. Won't, won't, won't do nothing different. I mean, really, y'all. See, look, Jerry Higgins went back and got birds to Norm, right? But did he keep Norm birds, just straight Norm birds? No, he did not. He did this, did that, and made the birds easier for everybody to deal with who got them birds. Them birds were able to go in any law for an improvement, any. Because what Jerry hit him, he seen something else. Johnny Smith did the same thing. Did something a little different than Jerry. Make the bird keep making birds evolve. And then when you get birds from somebody and the per- person got the birds from that got from not even a champion. Come on, man. If you get birds from somebody and they not a champion, and they not even really they good, but they're not close to being a champion. I mean, as long as everybody scored between the storm range, you right there, but as soon as everybody jumped to the next level, he's still stuck right there. And you got birds from him, you can only be as good as he was at his best. That's the best you can be if you don't do nothing different. If you think I'm lying, look a lot of people that got birds, people that was at a certain age, certain, certain level, and they never reached the level where the person they got the birds from. If they do, it's real quick and it's over with. Because people understand that this is the Birmingham River. First of all, it's man-made. It's a man-made breed. So everything got to always be in check. If you allow things to go unchecked, 
too long, the birds start to digress. Yes, sir. They start to digress. Not stay, um, not, not, if you're staying checked, it means that you got to constantly bring in the best specimens, period. Period. And you got to be honest. You know what? These birds are good. These are good. But go look at your notes. Look at your notes. Notes can tell you everything you need to know. You keep notes. Oh, shit. You know what? This pair really ain't that good. They've been two really good birds in five years. But since that one or two birds are so good, you pushing, you pushing, you pushing, pushing. But you gonna bred 20, no, in five years, you should breed a league, but five rounds, at least three to five rounds a year, let's just say three a year. So a lot of pigeons only get two really good ones. Think about it. And that's what dudes don't do. How good is this bird really? You got two that came in real good in five years. You got another two that was decent. Hawk took a few, lost a few. But if your bird's that good, every one that flew is going to be decent to great to good. Every one that flew. And these people still breeding birds that don't roll. Records. I can't um, I can't tell you guys how important that is man that's very 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 important because you go back to records and see everything when I go look at my old records I said there's nothing on my old records I need there's no birds I need if I go back maybe two years I might say you know what I could use a hen a specific bird like a hen like this not just any bird I need a hen like this you know why I got this hint. I got a specific cock and they put this hint on to get a specific kind of pigeon. And dudes don't they don't think that far into it. Oh, I got this. I'm, I got this. I got this. Let me tell you guys something about rolling. About rolling. All birds roll. All, let's say you got 10 birds. 10, two birds for everybody. They got roll, but they're all different families. So you got. 10 people, 2 birds, 20, 20 bird kid. They're all flying, they're all rolling. This is going to be the problem. Every kid going to develop at a different age. Right? Every kid going to respond different to the, um, to the to the roll of the gene, I mean to the roll and then come when they hit them. All birds don't, don't get hit by the roll and, and, and take it like it's, like it's natural. All birds don't. All birds going to change when they get to maturity. Some will get better. Some will get stiff. Some will stop rolling. Some won't want to want to mate. They don't want to fly no more. So that's why the family part is important. Because they all don't. Even though they all roll, you're gonna get some breaks. But I guarantee you ain't gonna be getting no 15, 16, 17 bird breaks. If you do, they ain't gonna be consistent. Because they all gonna have different triggers. I mean, there's too many variables to play in. I tried it. Yeah, you can win. You can you can you can hang with and local stuff. You can be competitive all day. I was competitive all day with local stuff. When it came to the big stuff, shit, dudes raised the bar. It's like going to the the, the, the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals. You gotta raise your game. It's a different whole nother level. You good all year. Look at perfect example, Milwaukee Bucks. Smash. But smash them. Best record, first round they out of there. Playoffs. That's how competition is. You 
local, get to that next level. Whoa. I didn't know Duke's birds roll like this. And just because you ain't seen it, don't mean you can't you can't thrive for it. You know what I'm saying? People think, oh, I ain't never seen it. So that means you ain't supposed to thrive for it. If you ain't seen it, show it to yourself. That's what I did. Out of all the families out there that are so good, you know why I never just got one family of birds? And somebody else's family? Because I always seen something in there like that they can be improved on. I always seen something. Thinking like, what's a, what's a, anybody, what, let me tell y'all something. How about to say something? A perfect kit. You guys know what a perfect kit is? A perfect kit ain't the kit that scored a whole lot of points. That'll make it perfect. A perfect kit is when the total amount of birds in the kit go on every single break. That's perfect. You got 15 birds, every break, 15 birds going. That's perfect. No bird missing a break. That's perfection. No matter if there's two breaks or if it's 30 breaks, it's still perfect. If you're playing basketball, you shoot two, three points, you make both of them, that's perfect. That's 100%, period. Baseball, dipped into the plate, bam, cracked two home runs, two times a bat, that's perfect, 100%. Same thing with um, passing. You pass, every time you pass, it's a completion. That's perfect, whether they get two yards or five yards. Or, or, no, or uh, 60 yards, don't matter. It's still perfect. But if you fly 20 birds and have all 20 birds go on every single break, think about that. So you get 10 breaks. You got 20 birds. You pretty much won in competition, competition you win. Why not thrive for perfection? Why not thrive for that? Why not? That's perfection. So, so you ask yourself, what do you do? What you do is, when you fly on these birds, you try to figure out, the first thing I ask myself, what I used to do, is how I, how I made myself get better. When I flew, right? Say my kid scored 300. You know, the first, you know the first question I ask is? Who can tell me what the first question I ask? What's the first question I ask? Anybody can answer that? The first question I ask is, why in the hell didn't they give me 500? Yeah, man, but you know, you got you, you want to fly. Dude, I know that, but I want to know why they didn't give me five. So, always when I start flying again, I'm looking at the kit like, okay, I'm trying to figure out where y'all didn't give me 500 points. I'm watching these birds, watching them trying to figure out, okay, this bird ain't going on all the breaks. He's going like two or three breaks. And other time, he's just flipping and fluttering. Okay, get him out. Let me see. Take this out. Check this out. Do you know that the birds trigger off each other? So, if you got a bird that's always trying to go toward the front, not in the front, the bird, they slow up and they break. It's like impulse. But if the bird is here, 
if this bird ain't rolling and this bird ain't rolling and this, if these three birds will roll, most likely this bird is not going to roll either. If the front and two sides, he's not going to roll either. So you see how it works? It's not like a domino effect. It's like, okay, he didn't roll so I can't go. Oh, wait a minute, everybody else went, now I'm going to go. You know what I'm saying? And that's how, you watch the kids. That's what happened, watch the kids. See, you guys look at your kids, but you guys don't watch and see what's happening. I'll take the back. You guys watch this, but you don't see what's really going on. And you're trying to be good. That's what you got. You got to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And then when you see it, you got to go to your records. Guess what? Make notes. Okay, this bird, 20, 30 feet. Good, good style. Everything. But on the brakes, he holds up. He, he, he flips around on brakes. He don't go. Write that down. You got to do that. <clears throat> That's the difference between smartness that hoping they birds break and, and know they birds when they give it to you when they when they on. Um, let me see. What else can I teach you? Tell you guys about that kind of stuff in notes. Um, you gonna notice that some birds uh, come out rolling hard in the first 15, say 10 minutes. Like tw- say, remember twin them kid that came out real good. What they got, what they have to learn how to do is. Give them to pack all their power into 20 minutes, spread it out. They get more. But sometimes it's a family of birds. Some birds not don't want don't roll the whole time. I mean, you got tell you, you take the notes, you take the notes and start looking at your notes, you're gonna find out a whole lot. A lot of the problem is most of you guys being in other people's backyard, you should be in your own. That's the problem most guys make. I'm like, how the hell you work on your birds, but you're always over here. I'm thinking that. I see people at somebody else's house all the time. I say, how are you working with birds? Okay. I'm just saying. Get back there. You got to be back there. And you're trying to compete. It's like having that, the mamba mentality. If you if, if you show Kobe your weakness he got, guess what he's going to do? He can go in that gym. He's going to work on that weakness until he perfected. If he thinks I'm interested in this game, guess what he's going to do? Okay, I need to get this. He's going to work on that until he get it. For him to be a, a two slash three, his footwork is impeccable as a guard. Most guards don't have good footwork. Big men usually have good footwork. Kobe learned, Kobe learned footwork from Elijah Wan. One of the best, the best at it. And, and that's, that's what you guys can learn some stuff from some of the best. You guys follow these dudes that that ain't never did nothing. Never. I mean, how somebody that never done it? It's not like sports where you can see X's and O's. See, sports, you see X's and O's. And that, that's what coaches learn how to see. They can see stuff to manipulate defense and offense. Pitt is not like that. Sorry. These dudes never did. They're trying to teach you how to do something. And they say some stuff, man, if I really want to win, no, you kidding. Because I don't know nobody that try to lose. I don't know nobody to do that. I mean, go, yeah, for some of these pe- people. And you got these egos saying you don't think you need to learn nothing from nobody, but yet and still, you can't really, can you rely too much on the birds? And most don't know that much about the birds to, to be able to get them to, to the level. So they got to learn stuff from other people. We all learn from other people. You learn, you learn, you learn. You say, you know what? 
hmm, that makes sense. Let me try, let me try this though. Boom. I made a statement on my podcast yesterday. Well, yesterday, day before. I said, if you learn how, if you you born, learn how to do something, you learn how to do it. To me, I was gifted to learn how to do stuff. Which means that I have the gift to see stuff that most people can't see. That's why when I when I do if I bring in a cross, nobody will never even know if unless I told them. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a tell, it wouldn't be a tell difference I told them. Most people wouldn't. What crosses do for me is help maintain certain traits without jamming the birds up. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then, a fresh, a fresh blood of what you already have coming in, it keep your hybrid vigor going without having to cross a lot. And, it's, and you get a bird that's actually related to your birds, but might be dis, distantly, but it's still related. It's a distant relationship, but it's still there. So it's not really a cross, it's more like a line thing. You know? <clears throat> I say, give uh, me, let me go back. Let me go through this a little bit. Let me go back through this. Let me see. I'm gonna start from the top a little bit. Let me say some other. Go to the top. Oh, what's up, Sam? Two years long as Two years is nothing. It's long because I'm trying to make birds fly, but. Your <laughs> career put red wing or straight. Yeah, that's pretty. That was my special shot, red wing, when I was a kid. Hop on that 10 speed boy, put that rack on the back, and get the roll, get the pushing. Uh, you're right, when no, when no kid come to the dudes back then, you didn't have nobody to learn from. Uh, so many kids. What's up, Dave? Dave Lopez, brother from another mother and father. I'm out neighborhood to bring me up. What's up, Barb? That's all we need to hear. The truth about yeah. The truth. Most dudes, uh, I can't say they won't tell the truth. But they haven't found out what's really true yet. So they still they're still figuring it out. They don't know what's really true. So they can't really, you know. Somebody said, how can you make them better? Make what better? If you're trying to make your birds better, see, first you gotta know what your bird's strengths are. And it's not false. It might be the way they could be stronger at. And what you do is you figure out birds in your in your family or in your loft or kid box that possess some of the traits you think some of your birds and your breeders are weak in. And you can bring those in first. If that don't work, you can try try from somebody else. But you don't need to get a lot. Just one or two. That's all it takes. But you gotta go to somebody who got a family bird that's strong in them traits. But you see it year after year after year after year, kid after kid after kid after kid. 
and get one from them. Preferably, I, I bring in hens, preferably. If, if, but your cock's got to be established first. Um, and most how to how do you get the 400? Shit, get to 100 first. Get to 100 first. Get to 100 a few times first. And then you yourself, watch your birth. They're going to show you why you're not getting two or 300. They're going to show you. The birds going to show you. Brent said, can I do better? Yeah, you can do better. Man, that's anybody can do better. So a lot of times the stuff is right there in your yard. But some dudes won't breed birds because it's this. They got most a lot of dudes got favorites. I don't have no fucking favorite pigeon. Sorry, I don't. Nigga, I ain't built I ain't built out of platinum in before this year, two or three years. Two years. I didn't breed out I didn't breed out this year. I didn't breed out of them. 2019, 2018, I didn't breed out of them. I don't need to. I don't need to. Yeah, let's see. Okay, Brent, you're going to try trying to kick the score a specific number. That's the number. A number is a goal number. Like, you want, let's say your goal is 500. You want to try to, your best to work your kid up to scoring 500 points. Or more. Once they reach 500, your goal change. You should be going to 4-6 every time. Well, but this is your book right here. It's a video. <laughs> You gotta keep them right copious notes. Copious notes are a lot of little small notes. Just short, real short to the point. Too deep. Fast. But don't kick. Fast. Too dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Smooth roller. That kind of stuff. That's the them, them notes that they go a long way. You know what I'm saying? You know I hate is when, when people go in my loft, I pull out a bird, look at my bird saying. Man, how was that bird? It was about three feet. Then it rolled straight back. No, motherfucker. It switched wing all over the place, so I put it in my stock lock. Really? Why you gotta ask that question? People, people do ask me that question. Did it roll straight back? What? No. It switched wings all over the place. Now the student stock lock. Come on, man. Um. There's a lot of guys out there you guys can get birds from, but, um, that do real good. <clears throat> well, let me, oh, let me, let me, I'm gonna touch on the point. Do you guys know what an exhausted gene pool is? When you, you don't mean to it, when you like pass it, you exhaust people exhausted their gene pool. It means that it, the, within that gene pool, the, be, the best have, has already been bred already. I mean, and they can't get no better without doing something different. It's not really hitting the wall. You just exhausted your gene pool. There's nothing else you can do to make the birds better than what they are right now at a certain point. You, the best have already been bred. And you need to understand that when you get birds from certain people. I'm mixing some birds right now. People probably gonna get mad. Okay. You guys ever wonder why all the guys right now 
that's coming to the game. They got Jerry Burrs, Norm Burrs that can't score points. Do you know why that is? Because the gene pool has been exhausted. The dudes, this to me, the gene pool has been exhausted. That's why. Okay. When I started getting birth from Jerry in, in 90-something, 90-something, you can take Jerry Burrs and put them suckers to almost anything. As long as it was a decent role, it's going to improve your stock. Now, dudes got straight Jerry Burrs and can't even roll the pitch. Can't, can't do a, get a kick to do nothing. That's because the gene pool has been exhausted because they bred by pedigree, names, and band numbers only. Nobody took time to say, you know what? That's a superstar. Let me bring that one in. She's about this. I think she'd be good for that. No. If it had certain band numbers all over the place, whoo-wee, I'm going to pay $700 for this. That's what they was doing. All these birds, they went flying and pulling me and pulling me and pulling me and pulling me and pulling me. In. So what happened is, the good and the bad was getting sent out. And the gene pool got exhausted. Look at all dudes got straight jerk. I mean, all you gotta do is look at the fact. Them birds right there, if if dude is it was, a, it was a, okay, this is what it was. It was Jerry Brown Parker for a long time. And then it was Johnny, Abel, Worm, a few others. Then you got that next little tier. Snipe got some birds. Snipe came, got some birds, and a few, a few others. Now, I think Snipe say Snipe, Hollywood. After everybody, after pretty much them, Steve Smith, after them, everybody after them, them dudes are flying pigeons. You can go to any of them dudes' house and they can put up kits that be. Everybody name, all them dudes are name. You go to the house any day, no, no matter what. No prep, just, and they birds is cracking. What happened was when dudes start getting birds from them, they weren't flying them, hardly none of them. Um, man, they were just beating by the numbers to this, to this, to this, to this. And, and that's what it's where you are right now. Telling you, selling birds, too, selling too many. Because one of the, they think they, they really should have kept. <coughs> but we all go through that. I even went through that. <clears throat> but yeah, but now the dudes got them right now. And dudes got Norm birds, didn't understand them. The smartest group of people that got the Norm birds, that, that group I told you guys about, I mentioned their names, that was the smartest group of people. Had the normal Jerry Birds, them. They kind of understood what they wanted. They kind of understood how to maintain. They kind of understood how to get with you know how to get how to, how to accomplish certain things. They understood that. That's why the birds still kept going forward. They still kept rolling. And the next generation guy, when it was all about just pedigrees and numbers, and they they bind them not they bind them with squeakers, not flying them, breeding the baby, breeding them to each other, not flying them, and. and and, and, and when you had them birds back then, you, you had to select the type because the type was already pretty much set by Jerry 
and Johnny, they were, all their types are pretty much about the same. Now the birds don't look, they don't even look the same. They're only the same by pedigree. You know what I'm saying? So that messed up a lot of stuff right there with those birds. Working wise, man, I, there was a time when, dude, when them dudes had them birds, man. But still, for them to be, be better than the next, and you know, be better than the next, somebody had to do something a little different. Steve Smith did a little, little something different. He did different. He brought in that stealth bomber to them birds, changed the game. Just, just something a little different. Just a little different. Hollywood just had, he had, I think he had some of the best of all, all the different birds. He, I think he had the slate there. I think he had the Sinatel stuff there. He had the Rocky Mountain there. He had three and, probably three and four there, if I'm not mistaken. So he had all that. And so a little bit, a little bit of touch of the white heat stuff in there. So there's no way he can, he couldn't lose. I mean, as far as, the competition was a little better then, though, but as far as, Getting the birds, bro. He couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. How? How could he miss? Um, same thing with Abel. Abel couldn't miss. And the fact that he could fly a lot of birds and, and had time to do that, couldn't miss. Johnny Smith couldn't miss. He just became a salesman. Rod Parker, when he went through his little life situation, you know, got set back and he got pretty much getting right back on track. But he couldn't miss. I mean, couldn't miss. So, just by knowing that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? If you know that kind of stuff, it helps if you know what the bird's supposed to look like when they fly. You, you know what they're supposed to look like. I mean, dudes couldn't miss. So, like, um, so, and they said, like, black and more platinum. Both of them was good. Let me see. See, when I bring Blackham and Platinum in, they weren't crosses. No, they weren't crosses because I already had 1094, which was off um, 217. Blackham them dad was three quarters of 217, so it wasn't really a cross. When I brought them in. So, you know, so, you know, that wasn't really a cross. People thought it was a cross, but you understand I had 1094 already on sugar, on, on grizzles and models I had. 1094 is off 217. Nobody didn't know that. And platinum them daddy is three quarters of 217. So not really a cross. <laughs> it came in. And Blackman's mama is 31388, which is Platinum's daughter. I mean, not really a cross. And they came in. I think this platinum last year he hit last year he hit three rounds and he missed three. So let me see who's that. I see a lot of guys that will read off a bird with that spin but don't kick. That's a big mistake. One of the biggest. When you read off birds don't kick, it's gonna even if you, even if they, they babies don't kick, it's gonna come out again somewhere. And it's gonna come out when you don't want it to come out. Trust me. It's gonna come out when you really don't want it to come out. Hold on. Let me see something real quick. Let me stop this. 
this sucker. It's 47 minutes. Let me stop this right here. So, so y'all heard me talking roller jigging. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cut this one short. But I'm gonna keep the live feed going. So it's gonna be Keithland signing out. I always remember: select, breed, fly, select again, and repeat. Keithland and not peace. Thank you.